I'm Jason Harding. And I'm Steve Shives. And on this show, we take a classic movie and see if it lives up to its reputation, whether that reputation is good or bad. And this time around, its reputation is worse than bad. It's, it's, it, I didn't listen. I didn't listen, Steve. I didn't listen to everyone. And we watched it. Yes, we did. And now we're, we're stuck, we're stuck having that memory now. <sighs> This is one of those times when I feel like maybe it's a mistake to announce our movies ahead of time. <laughs> well, it's kind of like a warning because we're assuming our audience is smarter than us. <laughs> They'll be like, look, that's their deal. Let them fuck up their lives. We don't have to do it ourselves. We'll just pretend to watch it, and then we can listen to them suffer when they finally record the podcast. <laughs> I'm hoping to God that's what happened. I really do. Because the movie that we sat down to watch is the notoriously awful flop from 2008, The Love Guru. Yes, it killed one career and probably should have killed a few more. Didn't kill it enough, he's trying to crawl back up. Yeah. He's trying to crawl back up. He's like, it's been ten years, I think maybe everybody's forgotten the five jokes that I know. I will never forget. <laughs> I will never forget what he's done this day. <laughs> Your name will be spoken of with hatred and infamy for all time! <laughs> Okay, Steve, I don't want to dwell. I don't want to dwell no, no. on the pain. I would just like to say up front, hello, everybody who watched The Love Guru in preparation for this review. I sincerely and truly do deeply apologize for telling you to go go watch the movie so you can yeah. get all the jokes. Uh. I didn't mean the jokes in the movie because there aren't any, <laughs> and I meant the jokes that we're going to have, but since this is basically going to be Steve and I talking as blood comes out of our mouths for about an hour, yeah. I don't know how funny this is going to be either. Right, Steve? But you can, you can share in our pain. There, there we go, catharsis. Yeah, catharsis. There, exactly. This is you know what? We're shifting gears. We're not going to try to make them laugh. We're just going to let them know that they're not alone. This is movie therapy. Yeah, not where you get therapy by watching a movie. This is therapy from the movie. <laughs> the therapy that you need after you watch the movie. Maha, so Steve, do you have any trivia about this hilarious comedy, The Love Guru? I I have trivia about the Love Guru movie that we watched. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so this is this is this is a chilling bit of trivia that that reminds you just how close we were to escaping this movie. The love guru, the character Pitka, was originally uh-huh. supposed to be a character in the second Austin Powers movie. Oh, darn. Mike Myers played, I think, three characters in that movie. He played Austin Powers, and he played Dr. Evil, and he played Fat Bastard. And he was going to play the love guru in that movie as well, but they cut that character out. Good. 
Unfortunately, Mike Myers no. didn't just forget about the character. He resurrected it several years later and said, what if I made a whole movie just about this guy? And here we are. Um, the other piece of trivia I want to share is that this movie won three Golden Raspberry Awards. So what? And Fuck you, Golden it, Raspberry Awards. It won Worst Picture. And it, uh-huh. it beat out some really stiff competition because it beat out Disaster Movie, Meet the Spartans, The Happening, The Hottie and the Naughty, which please don't anyone, please don't ever see that movie. And uh-huh. and the Uwe Boll epic in the name of the king. Uh, Mike Myers also won Worst Actor and Worst Screenplay. So there you go. It's an award-winning movie. I hate the Razzies as much as I hate the Oscars. Did you know that? <laughs> I did not know that. I, I find them to be a pointless little cynical bullshit thing that uh, promotes films more than it does anything else because then people go, oh, well, this can't be that bad. That's true. I'll go see it. Yeah. You see, guys, we take a bullet for people, usually. <laughs> I'm assuming the most of you did not watch The Love Guru. I'm praying oh, to God. Please, please let that be true. I don't want this on me forever <laughs> that I sent people to their doom. <laughs> but, I mean, the, 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 pro- the only problem that I have with the Razzies is it has become just as, you know corrupt i think (laughs) it's all a fucking popularity contest i I don't know who promotes it i don't care who sponsors that who puts it on harvard some it's yeah it's like the harvard lampoon or some shit fuck you you fucking rich swells yeah yeah fucks oh i know we'll make fun of popular culture (laughs) it's ucla actually it's ucla is it yeah yeah well no it was it was founded by UCLA film graduates it says in in its in its exhaustive wikipedia article how many of them do you think they actually watched oh boy <laughs> you know what if they watched them all then they then this is what they deserve <laughs> all right steve do you want to talk about who made it <sighs> I, I think we kind of have to that's the format so I would I would say that I want bad things to happen to these people, but for the most part, bad things already happened to most of these people. They made this they, movie. They had to appear in this movie that was shown in theaters they, all across the country. And then a lot of them didn't work in ever again. Yeah, so, you know, it's one of those things that it's like it, it, it's kind of took care of itself. That's right. Yeah. The Love Guru was directed by Marco Schnabel. Never heard of him? You never will. <laughs> he, he, this, is, this is his <laughs> only never directing, directing credit. Again. Yeah. It's his only one. <laughs> and he went, Gugh, never again. Nope. No thank you. Like, is it, I don't think he was even saying no thank you, because I'm pretty sure he wasn't getting offers after this. But no. no. It was produced by Gary Barber, who also produced such hits as The Howling 5 Rebirth and Young Guns 2. Oh, boy. Younger Guns. <laughs> Younger Guns. Toddlers in the saddle. <laughs> Michael DeLuca is also producer, and he produced his most recent film credit. You want to know what it is? What is it? Suicide Squad. Oh, boy. Could have applied that to this movie. Oh, I wish that. Can we do a mashup? In fact, I think when they were cobbling together the crew based on this script, they called themselves the Suicide Squad. <laughs> And also produced by Mike Myers, who thankfully sunk his own money into this fucking hole. Uh, Written by Mike Myers and Graham Gordy, his only screenplay credit. Written by Mike Myers, and you can't even tell. No, that it was written. (laughs) (laughs) Written? Back up a second. Yeah. 
starring my favorite person ever, Mike Myers. <laughs> he plays Guru Maurice Pitka and himself. Wow, he must be getting tired since he's only playing one person and him, right? right? Usually he plays, like, everybody, like, makeup, and he's like, oh, look at me, I've got a Scottish accent, doop a doop doop I talk in funny voices. I'm a British spy, I'm, I'm, I've lost the will to do this. <laughs> we're, we're not even through the cast yet. <laughs> I know, Steve, but this is hurting. I know. Oh, all right, also starring Jessica Alba as Jane Bullard. I don't have anything else <laughs> after that. Justin Timberlake as Jacques Lecoq Grand. Get it? Because he's got a gigantic dick that should scare people and not impress them. <laughs> it should be like that poor man. Right. How does he walk? It would be a disability oh. more than anything. Yeah. <laughs> you can't enjoy anything, can you? <laughs> Romani Malco as Darren, Darren Roanoke. You know him. He's from... A lot of bad comedies. <laughs> and one good one. It was in 40-Year-Old yeah. Virgin, right? Yeah. yeah it's, it's great. Megan Good as Prudence Roanoke. Don't. She's not in any... No. <laughs> Vern Troyer as Coach Punch Jerkoff. Get it? Because <laughs> his last name sounds like Jerkoff, but it's Jerkoff. It's, it? it's funny. I ask the people if they get it, Steve. Do the, yeah, do you all get it that it's it's like a pun on on a euphemism for masturbation? Omid Jalilji. Is it Jalili? I don't think this Jalili. Jalili, yeah. As Guru Sachinam, such a big naba. I can't do this, Steve. I can't read these and. God and Deep I don't God and Deep Sing I don't remember seeing him in the movie I don't yeah that, this character doesn't ring a bell for me maybe he was one maybe of the throwaway jokes or something maybe he's in this extended oh, cut oh god don't let there be an extended cut please <laughs> I can't read this name Steve I can't I cannot I have such deep respect for this actor. he was so fucking good and sexy beast, he was Steve. he was brilliant he won an Oscar, uh, I believe. Ben Kingsley. Oh, boy. As? Uh, I can't. As Guru tugging my puta. Yep. That's his character's name. <laughs> I'm pretty sure when he got the script, it just had his lines as Ben Kingsley. Steve, when, when I, I, I was listening back to the shows, and I referenced doing this all the way back in 2017. Yeah, it's a long time coming. And I was I was so cocky. <laughs> I was so self-assured. You were. I just threw it out there like a threat. I dropped it on the ground and said, we're going to do that as soon as it's 10 years old. And you laughed, and I laughed. Oh, we were filled with... We were such arrogant assholes. <laughs> Who's laughing now? Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> Thelma Hopkins is Lillian Roanoke. You'll recognize her. She's been in lots of stuff, right? Steve? She's been in so many. She's been so good in so many awful things. Yes. Yeah, she has. That's true. <laughs> it's like she's got a detector for it. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> Manu Nanarian as Rajneesh. 
John Oliver. John Oliver's in the, this. Yes, that yes he is. Qu- John Oliver quite is, noticeably. Yeah, quite a bit yeah. as Richard Dick Pants. I guess he ran out of dick puns yeah. for him. Then just decided to call him Dick. <laughs> Stephen Colbert. Yep. As the only funny thing in this movie. <laughs> that's that's true. That's true. As Jay Kel and Jim Gaffigan as the only other funny <laughs> thing in this movie. Yep. And I think that has a large part to do that they shot all their stuff in one day on one set with none of the other characters to interact with. Yep. They weren't touched. They had no idea. They weren't polluted. What, they had no idea what they were in. They didn't have to look at anybody in the eye when they came and left. Nope. They were, they, as far as they knew, they were starring in untitled hockey comedy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jim Gaffigan as Trent Luters. Rob Hubel as bar patron. Daniel Tosh as Cowboy Hat, and thankfully, his only yes. screen credit. Yes. Oh, what a shame his film career didn't pan out. And Samantha B as Cinnabon Cashier. Aren't you glad you, you had learned that, Steve, yeah. that she's in this? Yeah. How many lines did she have in the final did, cut? Did she, None? did she say anything? She's not, her whole face isn't even in shot. No. I have a great idea. Let's get one of the funniest people on television and make her the Cinnabon cashier and give her nothing to do. <laughs> but I'm not done yet, No, there's Steve. more. As themselves. Mm, oh. Punchline to a not funny joke. <laughs> Marishka Hargitay. Yes. Yes. Uh, Jessica Simpson. Remember her? No? It's okay. <laughs> Kanye West. <laughs> Val Kilmer. Mm. Go ahead. Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, he only has two lines. <laughs> and he doesn't have to be on screen. No. <laughs> I like to think he. Rob, I like to think Morgan Freeman recorded his lines while he was sitting in an airport somewhere. Yeah. Rob Blake and a person that should be in jail. <laughs> yeah. Deek, Deepak Chopra. Yep. Music by George S. Clinton, not that George Clinton. <laughs> no, definitely and, not that George Clinton. No, and Malcolm Kirby Jr. Cinematography by Peter Deming, edited by Billy Weber, whose last film credit was Tree of Life. Can you fucking believe that shit? Wow. Slightly different. Mm-hmm. Slightly. And different. also edited by Lee Hacksaw. Whose last um, um, credit is the remake of Overboard? Remember that hilarious remake? Uh, I remember. It just came out this year. I remember it existing. <laughs> <laughs> Production company Spyglass Entertainment, which is now inactive. Good. Aww. What? Aw, fuck them. All those hardworking it's... people out of jobs. <laughs> Distributed by Paramount Pictures. Release date June 20th, 2008. Running time, 87 minutes. Budget, 62 million. Hey, Steve, mm-hmm. did you see anything in this movie that was that looks like it should cost $62 million? No. As a matter of fact, I didn't. I, I don't remember seeing anything at all in this movie that looks that expensive, right, Steve? I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that Ben Kingsley just held him up for a shit ton of money. Oh, that would be nice. That, that if that's why it. it's so high, then I'm fine with that. Nope, but somehow this movie cost that much money. Yep. 
box office. <laughs> this is the only good part. <laughs> million. It not only didn't make its money back, it didn't make back its advertising costs. <laughs> it didn't make back anything. It was a it bomb. Failed. <laughs> it was a flop. And everyone who invested money in it took a long, hard look in the mirror. <sighs> okay, Steve. Yes, yes, my friend. Let's, let's, this is our penance. We have to do it now. Right? Yeah, oh, we, well, we said we would. Yeah, we, we did. We said we would. We're going to do it. Let's recap the plot. Oh, boy. What there is of it. Of the love guru. Steve? Uh-huh. I want you to take this belt and wrap it around my neck. Okay. I'm not I'm not going with you. I'm not. I'm I'm staying You've here. You've come to the end of the road. Uh, yeah. Push push me over the cliff like like in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. You remember that? Yeah. I I yeah, you're you're going to be Thanos. You're going to have to do the hard thing that no one else will. And I'm going to be the thing that you love. You have to push over the cliff so you can get the soul stone, right? Yeah. So do it. And then I can I can wipe out this movie from existence. All I have I to do is snap scene. my fingers. That scene would play out, because I would start laughing, because I would be like, Steve doesn't love anything. (laughs) (laughs) It would be exactly the same. Yeah, he'd start crying. (laughs) I think there'd be more cussing in our version of it. You, motherfucker! (laughs) You're not gonna throw me over this fucking cliff! No, Steve, I won't make you do this alone. That's what friendship is all about, right? Yeah, it's about sacrifice and loyalty. And if you guys want to take away anything from this review, take away the fact that Steve and I are willing to do this. (laughs) For each other and for you. That's right. So, Steve, let's go into the world of the love guru. (laughs) Take it away. The world such as it is of the love guru. Nah. Well, at least right. at least we get half of that Morgan Freeman cameo out of the way early, uh, um, because yeah, we we fade in and we hear the uh-huh. the inimitable tones of Morgan Freeman informing us that it all began a long time ago in the tiny Indian village of Heron McKeister. Get it? Because no, I, I don't. We pan down to a beach in Southern California, and they have the gall to say it's India. It's India. And it turns out it's not Morgan Freeman after all. It's 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 our main character. Yes, Guru Pitka, who is using a yeah. voiceover machine that he found no, as a no, child. A voice, a voice changing voice voiceover machine that has a reel to reel tape thingy in the middle of it. Yep. So is is it a tape recorder, Steve? I don't know. Well, I don't. I thought it was just a voiceover machine. It's a car- it's a portable karaoke machine. That's okay. Well, anyway, after we hear Morgan Freeman's voice, he has to make sure that, oh, I had it set to Morgan Freeman because we're stupid. Ha, ha, ha. And because, hey, guys, if you like having jokes explained to you. Oh, boy. And then to have the writer and producer and star of the movie laugh at his own joke in the movie. (laughs) You're going to love this movie. That's all this movie is. Oh. Oh, boy. And then we're 20 seconds in, and he says a dick joke. Yep. I can't remember what the dick joke was. I just know that there was one. Yeah. He laughs at his own dick he joke. Does. <laughs> he does. He laughs uproariously at his own dick joke. And then we cut to hockey? Yeah, we get an info dump in the form of, like, a highlight hockey? reel. Yeah. It's Stephen a, Colbert? It's, it's a <laughs> hockey movie. 
And we get the plots explained to us for the first time by Stephen Colbert and Jim Gaffigan. Yeah, yeah. See, the Toronto Maple Leafs. And they're Leafs, funny. Yeah, they, they are funny. Yeah, they like you said, because I think they just are allowed to do their own thing. Yeah, I Colbert's think so. guy has his own little mini story about how he has a drug problem and he just got out of rehab yep. and he like, yep. apologizes to people. Yeah. yeah, and Jim Gaffigan is the reaction guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You see, they don't explain their jokes. They're just funny. <laughs> see, that's 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 how that works. See, they're just funny on their own. And when they're not doing exposition, clumsy, awful expo- exposition for the plot of the movie, they're actually funny on their own. And you can cut out all of the movie around it and have 35 seconds of funny stuff. <laughs> you, yeah. I said it. 35 the, seconds. The, the, the funny cut of the love guru. Mm-hmm. You get about 35 seconds. Yeah. And um, then they talk about this guy, and his name's Rory fucks him up. I don't. What's his name? Darren Roanoke, the tiger. And Roanoke. he's the Tiger Woods of hockey because he's black. Yeah, and he's really good. Except now he's not because um, his wife left him, and they show him on covers of magazine, and then they show him and his wife in a split of they're like split up on the cover of People. And I would like to say right now that no hockey player in the history of the fucking world ever appeared on the cover of People magazine. No, nobody gives that much of a shit about hockey in this country. No. no. And then we get another dick joke. I just wrote it, dick joke too, because yep. my original intention was to count them, but I started to get overwhelmed. <laughs> and I, I can't hate this much and keep tally on the dick, fart, piss, poo, just all of the jokes. Yeah. The, all of them, guys. Yeah. All of them. Was there a vomit joke? I think there's there a vomit probably joke was. Yeah, there, I can't remember specifically, but there when must he have been. smells the mop, he was going. He was going. Oh, there you go. Okay, so yes, there's like there's like yeah. a gag, like a gag reflex joke. Yeah. And now, oh God, please no, Steve, not a musical number. Yes, oh yes, it's please. part of the Mike Myers formula. Please no, not a musical number that has nothing to do with the plot, and also uh, takes the anthem of struggling working women and gives it to a white. Obscenely rich, flim flam asshole. Is that is that what they did? That's exactly what they did. That's exactly okay. what they did. Yeah, Mike Myers I, I, sings a sitar based cover of Nine to Five. <laughs> what does that have to do with him? Nothing. It doesn't have oh, anything right. to do with his character at all or anything else in the movie. Right, but we get all of these funny sight gags, right? We get sight gags. Yeah, like what? What happens? Like, well, uh, they they squeeze orange juice out of an orange, and it just comes out like like out of a spout, and then a, like a, a bird uh-huh. lays an egg right on his yeah, plate. Yeah, an ostrich. Yeah, an ostrich yeah. lays an egg directly on his plate, and then like he's flossing. Cooked, right? Or is he just going to eat a raw ostrich? I guess eggs? I guess the ostrich cooked it before he 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 laid before, it before before he. The male ostrich lays a cooked ostrich egg onto his plate. This is just this. This is this. This is. See, he's losing sense of reality, just like I did. This is the point (laughs) that this film has brought me to. Um, It's hard to tell what's hallucination induced by rage and what is actually in this movie. (laughs) Rage induced hallucination would explain a lot of what I remember from this movie. He's got a sidekick, a helper guy, a little guy. Yeah, his name is Rajneesh. Rajneesh. And we and and he helps him brush his teeth. Yep, and floss his teeth. teeth, and then floss his anus. Yeah, I guess yeah. is that what it's, we're supposed it's, to take yeah, away from Yeah, because he's he's got one end of the floss coming out of his ass, and the other end coming out of his nose, and they're pulling on it. And that great guys, it's hilarious. It's, great. it's so funny. It's hilarious. And then and then uh, 
and then he's, his he's got a what is it? What's it called a ashram? Yeah, an ashram. Yeah, and Hollywood, of course, and Hollywood, and uh, it's staffed by beautiful women. Yep, uh, I assume of Indian descent. You would think. Nice yeah. of them to sneak a few actual Indian people in here. And this is where you start thinking. I, I don't know how culturally sensitive this movie is going to be to Hindus or Indian people. Not very, <laughs> as it turns out. He, yeah, and there's more side gags, though. And then he, he does a thing where he puts his legs on her back. Yeah, this takes forever. And he wears, pasty, he wears pasties for some reason, yeah, because I guess it's funny. I guess, yeah. And, Modesty. And then, and then he rides an elephant that has a bumper sticker. Yeah. That says what? It says uh, cash, ass, or grass, or something. It's like, it's like <laughs> it's, I, the, I, he fucked up the pun. The pun is ass, gas, or grass. Like, you, you get it, you, you don't know free rides. It's ass, gas, or grass. But the, yeah. but I guess because he couldn't say that in a PG 13 movie, it says, it says cash, gas, or something, you know, it's, yeah. Or, or it's something like that. And yeah. it, it's somewhere around here, right after that, that we meet Jessica Bobba. <laughs> Jessica Bob. That's what she asked to be credited by when she saw the the first cut and of the movie. She, she's talking about the plot again that we already learned, and that's Roanoke is the only guy who can get them to win the Stanley Cup, and he's all upset. And that's where we meet Vern Troyer, yep. who's the coach. Yeah. And um, he's like, "No, we can't win without him." And she's like, I know a guy. I've read all of his books, and that's that's Pika, and we're going to get him. And we're like, great. And then we cut back to the Pika place, and we find out what Pika wants to do is to become the number one guru in in the world, but he's only number two after who, Steve? Deepak Chopra. Here's some trivia that we didn't cover. Yeah. So, Mike Myers' father committed suicide. No, I, that's not true. But if I was his dad... <laughs> you could understand if he did. Okay, that's the most mean-spirited joke I've ever said on this <laughs> That is pretty mean. All right, here's the thing. Mike Myers' father passed away. Mike was very upset. And um, then he went to a professionally licensed and, uh, counselor to seek help. Oh, no. No, he, he went to Deepak Chopra, oh. an unlicensed flimflam man who talks bullshit and is really popular with, uh, you know, Hollywood types and middle-aged housewives who watch yeah, Oprah. Yeah, desperate, credulous people. Yeah, yeah, and he's made a bagillion, jillion dollars selling bullshit to everybody. He's, he's right? a snake oil salesman. Uh-huh. If this had been the 19th century, he would have been peddling tonic out of the back of a covered wagon from town to town. That's right. Yeah. Mike Myers was so thankful for all the help he got from Deepak Chopra that he decided that instead of just having his character as a, as a little spot in the second Austin Powers movie, he was going to take that character and um, turn him, make a whole movie about it. Yeah, and this is yeah. this is gratitude. This is what gratitude for Mike Myers looks like. It's this is it is it is rather this, it is rather appropriate when you think about it that the movie that the other. movie that he made in gratitude to Deepak Chopra is one of the most infamously unfunny comedies ever. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also kind of insulting to Deepak. So I don't know how I feel about that whole part of it because I think he deserves a movie like this in tribute. Oh, he so definitely it, doesn't deserve a good movie. It does serve yeah. a purpose. <laughs> Anyway, 
so John Oliver is there, and he's like, Deepak got famous because he got on Oprah, and it is true that Oprah is the place to go if you're a con artist and you want to go really big. Oh, yeah, Dr. Right? Oz. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Dr. Phil. Everybody. Everybody. Dr. F- Dr. Phil, all of them. If you want to, the secret, oh, all of man. it. Oh, man. Yeah. She's the number one reason why so much of this shit is floating around the country. So this part, that part's accurate. He's, he says, I've got to get on to Oprah. How do we do that? And then John Oliver says, if you can get this hockey player back together with this other lady, with this lady, then you'll be famous enough to go on Oprah, right? Yeah, because the producers of Oprah are apparently so invested in the Stanley Cup Finals that if he yeah. can get their star player and his wife back together, they'll let, uh-huh. they'll let him come on Oprah. That's yeah. right. And now the plot's been explained three times. Yeah. And so now we have a flashback, and uh, 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 <laughs> it gets better and better. Okay, so we're back in India, right? Yeah. Now, in the opening little montage while he's singing that song and doing all of his gross stuff, we see pictures of him with, like, the Beatles, right? Yeah. There's a picture of him with the Beatles, and he's all grown up, right? Yeah. And it's the Beatles, like, circa 1967. Yeah, it's like the right? Beatles in their prime, exactly. There's quite a few pictures like that. There's one with him and and he and but now we're back in India and he's a little kid. Except he's not a little kid because what they decided uh-huh. to do was CGI his face onto a little kid's body. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yep. That's what they. Boy, did. that that looks so realistic, doesn't Look, it, Steve? Only a comic actor as skilled as Mike Myers could pull that scene off. You couldn't just put some child actor in there to say those lines. He would have ruined that scene. Steve, I, I know you're joking. I am. I I, I know you I are. Am. I know you are. That, uh, don't take this the wrong okay. way. But if you defend him again, <laughs> I'm gonna gut you with a butter knife. I swear. To God. I I promise. I will not. I will never again jokingly I, defend. I know Mike it's Myers. the way you joke. I know it's the way. The only way you can make you feel better during these reviews. A, I get it's it. It's a defense okay, mechanism, dude. I, it's coping. It's just a coping strategy. But all I hear is someone trying to convince me of something good, and it just makes me so angry. <laughs> if, here, you can do it all you want. I'm just gonna. You know what I'm gonna what you, do? What? I'm gonna pretend that you're saying something. Oh, else. Oh, good. Okay. 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 All right. Okay. Okay, that works. That way you get your needs met, and I learn to suppress more. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> anyway, so he's there, and he's this um, fucking horrifying mutant, and he's there with, and tw- he's, I guess, 12. Yeah, sure. And he's wearing a Farrah Fawcett t-shirt. So that's like the 70s. So it's, the, it's like the 70s. Yeah. So did, did he travel through time to meet the Beatles after he grew up? Don't think about it too hard. I'm I am doing it. I'm thinking about it too hard. How about he photoshopped himself into the pictures with the Beatles because he's an egomaniac? Oh, that's it. Yeah, you're, you're right. That it works. works. Explained. Yeah. Um, and also he's there with Deepak Chopra. Yes, young Deepak. And they're there to they're there to meet Guru Tuggemup. Play, played by legendary actor and Oscar winner Ben Kingsley. We know who played him. We know. And he's cross-eyed. Yeah, because it's funny, I guess. <laughs> Because he says he masturbated too yeah. much. <laughs> Get it? And they want, and he's like, why do you want to be gurus? And, and, and Deepak Chopra says, enlightenment or some bullshit. And he says, because I want girls to like me and then I'll like myself. And then Tugamapuda says, put on this chastity belt. 
Yeah, because um, you can't love someone else until you learn to love yourself. That's right, and so that that happened. And I'm like, Ben Kinsley, which family member did they kidnap for you to make this movie? <laughs> Just show me a picture of my daughter. Let me know she's safe. The love you have for them isn't worth the reputation that you lost <laughs> after making this movie. It wasn't. <sighs> I mean, I, so, I think he just he he did Sexy Beast, and he was like, you know what? I'm bulletproof. Right. Fuck it. Right. Whatever I want. <laughs> like, no one can touch me. I'm Don Logan. So then they then they uh, explain a bunch more jokes, and we cut back to the present, and there are a bunch of people there watching his seminar, which is a PowerPoint presentation, and, and then there's a ton of jokes that aren't funny one after another after another for a really long time. And then he has a VIP room, and that's where we meet Jessica Simpson, and something not funny happens there, and then there's Val Kilmer, and that's that's not funny either. No. And oh, we forgot to mention that with his thing is, instead of saying namaste... He says what, Steve? Marishka Hargate. And who's there, Steve? It's, you'll never believe it, but it's the no. actual actress, Mariska Hargate, from Law & Order, Special Victims Unit. Oh. Isn't that just so he, nuts? He explained, he explained the joke. Yeah, he did. He, ex- he explained he the did, joke. He did, in, in the most obvious way possible. And, and Over-explained the joke. And, and then he threw in a, 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 a weird Law & Order non-joke. Where, well, all these where are he just—it's like jokes. just a contrived reason for him to say "special victims unit" and then push a button that plays the Law and Order sound effect. Yeah, yeah. and who else is there, Steve? Oh well, uh, it's uh, Jane and uh, the the uh, coach Cherkov from the Maple Leafs. That's right, and they're there, and he looks at her, and he immediately falls in love, and has a fantasy sequence of being in an Indian um, musical. Yeah. Yeah, and so that we get some more cultural insensitivity thrown in there, just in case we haven't missed it yet. Yep. And and, Ver, and Vern Troyer's there, and he's like, "This guy is a fucking asshole." And I'm like, "Wait, is Vern Troyer us in the movie?" <laughs> <laughs> he's the only one who seems to notice what a prick this guy is. Is, is he the only one that knows who he really is? And she says, "You got to come back and help me because." Uh, because, oh, he agrees she's going to get them back together and they're flying on a plane back on a private jet. Yeah, yeah. Right? And she's like, everybody in the city hates me. And I'm like, not just the city, Jessica. <laughs> the whole world at this point. And really, it's yeah. your own fault. You tried too hard and you wouldn't show your tits, you, you so said, that's what happened. You said yes to this, so... To your career in Hollywood as a woman, is if you ne- refuse to do nude scenes, they forget about you. Don't worry, I'm sure you're going to try to make a comeback and you'll make some movie when you're about 38 and your tits will be all over the place. Because I know how Hollywood works. That's what they force women into, don't they, Steve? Yeah. Even Meg Ryan... When Meg Ryan's star began to dip, she came roaring back with some sort of movie where she's fucking people all over the place <laughs> and her tits are out all over. Welcome back, Meg Ryan. No one escapes un- <laughs> No one escapes without showing their tits. <laughs> the dance. comeback of the year. Fuck you, Hollywood. <laughs> the comeback of the year. Uh, uh. Anyway, um, nothing happens on the, on the plane. No, except well, right? there's there's the dick joke where he he gets an erection and it bongs against his chastity belt. You don't you don't have to just assume, guys. 
Everything that we mention comes with a dick <laughs> joke, a shit <laughs> joke, a piss joke, a vomit joke, or just, you know, mugging directly to the camera from Mike Myers and laughing at his own That's jokes. That's what the index cards, when they were breaking down the screenplay said. Instead of, like, scenes or specific <laughs> lines of dialogue, it was like, okay, now this scene doesn't have mm-hmm. a dick joke or a shit joke. Should we put a shit joke in here? Oh, fart joke. Okay. You know. Then we have hockey all of a sudden. Yeah, over there. It's a hockey movie. And Roanoke's trying to get pucks into the net, and he's missing. And then he come, and then the love guru comes out, and he says, "This is about your wife." And he goes, "Nah." And he says, "Well, I have good news. Your wife has left that that big cock guy, and he's coming back to you." And then all of a sudden, he's hitting goals all over the place. And then he says, "I lied." And then he starts missing. He says, "See, it's about that." And <laughs> you need to write an apology letter to your wife about what. Just write a generic letter of apology. It just says, I'm just, sorry. I, I'm, I'm sorry for whatever it is you think I did. There, I said I was sorry. And I'll deliver it. And then he tries to deliver it, and he gets attacked by a rooster. Yeah, a guard rooster. That, <laughs> that he decapitates. And then there's more dick uh-huh. jokes. Because... Uh, because he has a big yeah. dick, and he walks around his his house. That this is Lecoq, because yeah. he's got to deliver the letter. And Roanoke's uh, ex-wife or wife, yeah. I can't remember. Estranged wife. Estranged wife is there, and um, he's walking around in like little banana hammock underwears. So he has this huge package, right? right? And so he, we have to make more jokes about his gigantic. Um, you know, malformed. Yes, his, his, his physical deformity. <laughs> yeah, because every time he he lets it out, you hear a sound like it's hitting the ground. Yeah. That that doesn't sound like fun. Does it sound like fun to doesn't you? Doesn't sound like fun to me. It doesn't. It sounds like something you would want reduced. Yeah, it sounds like <laughs> like surgery as soon as possible. Yeah. <laughs> um. So uh, that happened, and then. We have another flashback, Steve, back to India, and um, the movie, I think, unintentionally made a metaphor of itself <sighs> as we watch two people fight with mops soaked with urine. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, it's like us versus Mike Myers. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a good scene, yeah, right? That, See, that was tugging my puta. That was meant says, to explain. The, it was meant to explain the value of distraction. Uh-huh. Which I don't. I, I guess okay. Mm-hmm. And then uh, more hockey, and then food-related jokes. I don't even remember why I wrote that. Steve. Well, because Pitka, for some reason, even though we've seen that he is quite worldly, uh, doesn't know what a corn dog is. Oh, that's yeah. right. He that's has right. no idea what a corn does, dog is. He does some stuff with some some. Uh, Popcorn, yeah, and, and cotton then, candy, and co- cotton candy, and then um, stuff happened. Yeah, right? well, he tell he tells Roanoke not to fight, and then he goes over to the opposing team's bench and pisses them off so that they all want to fight Roanoke, but he can't fight back. And then halfway through no. the game, he says to Roanoke, "Okay, now I want you to fight anyone for any reason." Yeah, and then he gets thrown yeah. out of two yeah, games. Yeah, he gets a two-game suspension because he beats up Jean, Jacques Lecoq Grande, and then he also beats up the coach. Yeah, and so uh, then we meet in the office from being John Malkovich. Yep. literally the exact same joke. 
And um, then he finds out that Roanoke has mommy issues. And so then Roanoke can pick a go to see his mommy, who's at a church. And she's a mommy. I mean, did you see anything in there that would indicate that he should be afraid of no. her? No. No. I mean, she's a little... Well, no. she, does, she does punch him. But that's, a, that's okay. a little over the top. I mean, other than that, which seems just like a clownish, stupid joke that they threw in for no reason. I mean, she, yeah, she doesn't seem yeah. like an ogre or anything. They threw in the punch because they didn't have anything funny to do, nor could they think of a way to make this woman seem yeah. threatening. Let's just have her punch him. Yeah. Shit. So they go to a bar to drink. Right? Yes, and he makes diarrhea sounds <laughs> into a cup. And then explains <laughs> for a long time, and ex- for a really yeah. long time, and then explains that he is making diarrhea sounds into a cup. That's and then right. They get into a because bar fight. We wouldn't have gotten no. that. We wouldn't have gotten no. it because we're less than three What's years old. What's he doing into that cup? <laughs> Those sounds—they—they're familiar, but I can't quite place them. Then they get into a bar fight. Yep, they get thrown through a window. Yeah, they end. The, then they go to Niagara Falls. Yeah. Or they go to a green screen yes. and have Niagara Falls projected. <laughs> they go to it. a an amazing simulation of Niagara Falls. Uh-huh. And then we have another sitar song. Oh yeah, yeah, because Jane comes over to the, the ashram to have dinner with Pitka, but for some reason before they eat he subjects her to his sitar based cover of more than words. Yep. yep. And he then plays the whole song. Then there's an extended nut joke. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. There's an extended testicle nut yes, joke. Yes, Steve, there is. Where they make a thing that looks like testicles. Yeah. Isn't Indian food that, weird? That goes on for a really, really long time. Mm-hmm. And then he says, do you want that? And she says, no. And he says, I'll get you soup. And yep. this is where I officially completely lost patience with the people who made this movie. It was teetering on the brink, Steve. Yeah. But when they explained this joke, I almost stopped watching this movie. I literally said, I've seen everything that this movie is at this point. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to, do you know what that thing was, Steve? I believe it was when he said to one of his servants, bring me some alligator soup and make it snappy. Uh Uh-huh. And then he turned to Jane and he explained that there was a double meaning in snappy. Because alligators snap and also because he wanted the soup to be brought promptly. Yes. He explained that joke. And and not only that, it's bad enough on its own, but it's also literally the exact same joke that was told in the first Austin Powers movie about the caliber of the fembots. It also only happens he to be the, the exact words. same joke that my great-great-grandfather said to my great-great-uncle while they were serving in the Union Army at Gettysburg. <laughs> Just to lighten the mood <laughs> among the troops. Uh-huh, except they didn't call it alligator soup, they called it turtle soup because that's the original joke. Ah. Because they have snapping turtles on the East Coast. Snappy. Yeah, sure we do. Snappy. And we make soup out of those motherfuckers, too. Yeah. Can we just talk about my great-great-great-grandfather fighting at Gettysburg? Wouldn't that be more fun? You know, I saw a snapping turtle bite a broom handle in half once. When I went to Walden Pond in Massachusetts, right before I started stepping through the water, I saw a snapping turtle walking along the bottom of of the lake uh, pond, and I decided, nope, I won't go in there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Probably a smart decision. Yup. 
Ah, snapping turtles. They're just the best, aren't they? They're so cool. That's why I like... That's why I love Gamera so much. <laughs> Somebody should have just unleashed like a hundred snapping turtles on the set of this movie. Why do you keep bringing the movie back? I just want to talk about snapping turtles. I'm sorry. Turtles. Gamera. Let's talk about Gamera, friend Yay! of children. He's the friend of all children everywhere and the defender of the universe. <laughs> Take that, Godzilla, you fucking schlub. <laughs> the universe. You don't okay? stand for anything, Godzilla. <laughs> That's why you're not a true hero like Gamera. Because you don't have principles. You don't fight for anything. (laughs) That's right. Gamera is the colossus to Godzilla's Deadpool. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, see? Perfect. Let's just talk about other things, can't we? (laughs) So anyway, during this, after that happened, I I literally paused the movie and, and took a break. When I came back, I thought Drunk. I missed something because she was like, she closed her eyes to get a kiss and pick us is, I can't do this. And either Jane runs really hot or cold or she's bipolar or <laughs> this script is a festering piece of shit. Oh, I bet it's she, that one. She turns on a dime and gets all upset and walks away. Right? Yeah. yeah. And um, I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Great. Well, I was invested in them getting together, right? Yeah. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. I hope they can work it out. I, I'm invested in the bland, characterless girl getting together with this brain jackass. <laughs> <sighs> Cut to the next day. And I guess the next day. I don't know. Yeah. Hockey. And the coach is getting pissed off and he's upset. Everything's falling apart, and then he punches Pitka in the groin. Yeah. And there's a clang, because he hit the chastity belt, because it's made of metal. And Pitka falls over and says, my balls. Why? Uh, How did did he get hurt? I guess the chastity belt, maybe it, it, it... It's like when you hit a ball, a baseball the wrong way with an aluminum baseball bat, and it vibrates and it hurts. <laughs> no, no. They wanted the ball hurting thing, and they. I think they literally filmed this and forgot that he's wearing a chastity belt. Kind of like how they forgot that his whole point of wearing one was that he was supposed to take it off when he loves himself. And there's been no evidence that this character isn't completely in love with himself. Oh, yeah. Is there, Steve? No, not at all. Not at all. He thinks he's pretty great. Nope. Yeah, he thinks he's awesome. Anyway, so, uh, uh, what happens? Somehow, Jacques, what happened? Oh, they get back, he gets, he he decides he's going to take a shortcut, right? Right, because the Oprah people are getting impatient, apparently. Yeah, and just Galva is pissed off at him. Yeah. Everybody's pissed off at him. And so he says, I'm going to take a shortcut. And his 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 assistant says, don't do it. And he says, fuck off. And he says, okay, here's what we're going to do. Um, what? Just... They they he, I, he, they, they go to the nightclub where, where Prudence, oh, that's Ronald's right. wife, and Grande are dancing. And mm-hmm. Pitka brings out Celine Dion, who is Grande's favorite singer. Do they really? No. What do they, they do? Just, 
They just have a body double that they shoot from behind, and they play a Celine Dion song. They don't even shoot it from behind. They shoot it from so far away that you can't see yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And then everyone get in this dance club gets really excited that Celine Dion is there. Sure. Who don't love Celine Dion? Okay. Anyway, <laughs> so Jacques Lecoq goes running off. He's wearing a fur coat, no shirt, and I don't know what else. He's dancing. Yeah. And then, and then Picka convinces her that he's all better. And that they should get together. And she's like, did he confront his mommy? And he's, what did he say? Did he say yes? Or he doesn't need to? Or something yeah, like that? he said he doesn't need to, yeah. And uh, across a crowded bar with music playing and an audience whooping and, and, and stamping, Jacques Lecoq managed to hear the two people talking at regular voices. <laughs> <laughs> And learns that that he has a weakness, and that's mommy issues. Right. Just like Batman v Superman. (laughs) Turns out their mothers both have the same first name. (laughs) But that's okay, because everything's fixed now, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Everything's fixed. He's all better. He's playing good. They win a couple of games. He's getting to go to Oprah. He's got his tickets, right? Yeah, he's going to the airport to fly to Chicago to tape his Oprah show. Does he meet Deepak Chopra before or after that? After. Okay, so anyway. (laughs) (laughs) He leaves, and the girl's all like, oh, well, I guess we'll never fuck. And he almost tells her, but doesn't, because that's a trope we needed. Sure. And then he's... (sighs) What happens? Okay, so they're at the game. Yeah, right? it's the, it's game seven of the Stanley Cup Stephen finals. Stephen Goldberg does something that is oh pretty pretty funny, but since there's been a desert of comedy, it, to me it was the most hilarious thing I had seen in a week. I know that's not true, but he does something really funny, <laughs> and then <laughs> he just basically he comes back and he's now back on drugs. Right, and he's just completely falling apart, like live on the air. And then they remove him from the movie. They people come and take him out. They take him out. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, he's the only funny thing. Where are you Come taking back. him? <laughs> Don't you take him? <laughs> the, the opening of the final game, Jacques Lecoq somehow had managed to get Roanoke's mom to sing the national anthem. Yeah, because that's not the kind of thing they book months in advance. Right. But <laughs> but I can't remember what happened. That doesn't affect him all that much, right? Well, no, he, oh, no. He, no, he, he leaves. He, he refuses goes, to he, come out. Yeah, he runs off the ice and like locks himself in the locker room. Meanwhile, at the airport, why are they at an airport? Because he's flying to Chicago. Oh, he's flying to Chicago for for Oprah. Yeah. And they're at a Cinnabon because product placement. Product placement, yeah, absolutely. And he sees on the TV what's happening. He goes, I got to go back. And John Oliver's like, you can't. And he says, yes, I can. And then he goes, you don't. And he goes, I'm going to do it. And he runs away. And he goes back to the hockey rink, and he talks to Jacques. No, he doesn't talk to Jacques. He talks, talks to, to Roanoke, yeah. Roanoke. And he's like, I took a shortcut. I'm sorry. And he says, you got to confront your mom. And he goes out, and he confronts his mom, and that's not even funny. No, and it takes like 10 seconds. And it he's just like, Mom, Mom, I'm a grown man. You have to let me make my own decisions. And she's like, oh, okay. And they hug, and that's it. Yay, it's fixed. And Yay. They, then he plays, That's all it takes. Yeah. That then yeah. And then um then um 
What happens? I it can't. takes it, Roanoke says it hurts it'll take him. Me. Roanoke says it'll take him five minutes to get dressed, but there's uh, only six yeah. minutes left in yeah, the game. Yeah, there's only six minutes left in the game, and they're losing, and they're ahead by one whole point. Yeah. And so then he scores a point, and then he gets fouled. Yeah, with now, one second left. Now he's got to take a penalty shot. And then uh, Lacan comes up and says to him, I only have one word to say to you, and that's damn, right? Right. Because there was a thing established earlier in the movie where his wife would look into his eyes and say, damn. And then we have another dick joke as a flashback to when Lecoq was with her and she saw his penis for the first time hit the floor flaccid and she said, damn. Right. Not, not fully realizing that this would be the most unsatisfying sex ever <laughs> for and both of them. Physically perilous for her. <laughs> And now all of a sudden, oh no, he's all freaked out again, right? Yeah, and Pitka says he needs a distraction. Yeah. Yeah, so, so the coach fakes having a heart attack because they're all out of timeouts. And then and they then, put the paddles on him and yeah. they shoot him across the the the, the ice rink because yeah. that's what electricity paddles do, right? Yeah, to yeah. No, person. actually, they, they, instead of just killing him, yeah, <laughs> they shoot him across the, the, the rink, yeah. Uh-huh. And and what is Pick what's Pick's plan? Well, he has his elephant and there's a circus elephant there that was for By some kind of like dinkies. There was an elephant earlier from the zoo from the circus. The circus. That I think was supposed to be hitting hockey pucks with the hockey stick. Yeah, it's like a halftime thing or something with like the kids. Yeah. And he's like, I need that elephant and he the elephant the elephant come that out. For the kids. Yeah, for the kids. So then he gets both elephants out on the ice while Roanoke is like nervous and shaky and then and then the elephants have sex. Yeah. So I can we can we be done? We're almost done. We're almost no, done. I don't want almost. I want done. Can we well, be done? We can't we can't Steve, do that yet. Please. It's almost you. over. We have just a few scenes left. Okay, so does so do the elephants fucking work? For some reason, yes. He gets distracted. Yeah, and then his hands stop shaking, and he turns around, and he takes his penalty shot, and he scores, and he wins. The team wins the Stanley Cup. Yay! Yeah, yeah, it's exciting. And, and then, then in ma- the yeah, and then in the locker room, there's Deepak Chopra. Oh, great! And then for some reason. Then you discover he's Mike Myers is literally doing an impression of Deepak Chopra's voice. Yeah, almost yeah. exactly. Almost exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's over, right? That's now we're we're done, right? That was uh, it. He meets Deepak he, Chopra at the end. He meets Deepak Chopra, and they make peace. And then he punches the the little person coach in the face. Oh, okay. And and then they make peace. Oh, after he punches oh, him in the face. After he punches him in the face. Great. And and then we go back to the the Indian village of Heron Makista, and Pitka and Jane are there, and Guru Tugin Maputa comes up and he says, "Oh, good." He says, "Hey, you've finished your enlightenment. Now you can take Make the chastity it faster. belt off." <laughs> and he takes off the chastity belt. Faster, and then, please. <laughs> 
He takes off the chastity belt, and Jessica Alba says, what do you want to do now? And he says, I want to sing. My and soul's they... leaving my body. Hurry, Steve. <laughs> they sing a sitar version of the Joker by Steve Miller Band, and that's the end. What does that have to do with the movie? Because cause Pitka's first name is Maurice. <laughs> That's the only reason this song is in the movie. So he can say, some people call me Maurice. And doesn't it end stupid? Name. It ends with him making a, cl- a cloud. Yeah, he throws like a smoke bomb. Yeah. And it's the end. That's and it. Then That's the end. tiny little blooper. Yeah. And it's not even a blooper. No, it's just Vern Troyer saying something in between takes. Yeah, great. The end. The end. Thank God. Okay. It's hey, over. Hey, Steve. Yeah, man. How do you feel about this fucking piece of shit movie that we just watched? <sighs> no, no, I mean, not, you know, not good. Don't play coy with me, not motherfucker. Not good. I, so, here, here's the thing, right? Um, this is this is a Mike Myers movie. Oh, yeah. This is, this is a Mike Myers movie. The Mike Myers formula. Mike Myers' favorite jokes. Uh, Pitka is basically just Austin Powers with a different job and a different accent. <laughs> I mean, it's it's the same shtick, you know. Um, we have the the multiple self indulgent musical numbers that have nothing to do with anything. We have the juvenile wordplay and like the acronyms that mean funny things. Mm-hmm. Uh, the shit we've been talking about about how where he does a joke and then he explains the joke People and then he laughs at dicks. it. People, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stephen Colbert Think, drawing a dick on the Illustrator. Things that look uh, like dicks or balls. Yeah. Making fun of uh, Hindi language by making everything sound like a dick joke, like tugging. Making Makuda. fun of Hindi. Making fun of Hindi just in <laughs> and general. Hindus yeah. and Indians. I'm sure I'm sure all the all the Indian people and, and Hindu people were like, Oh good, white people making fun of us again. Don't get nearly <laughs> enough of that. I'm so glad there's another American movie where there are white people making fun of us. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Um Here's the thing, right? The, the the movie the main reason why it's a shitty movie is that it's just not funny. That's the main. Uh-huh. If you're make, if you're going to make a comedy and it's not funny, you didn't do your job. But not only is it not funny, there are no interesting characters. Nope. There are no compelling character arcs or nope. character arcs that make sense. I mean, Guru Pitka seems to have this perfect life. He seems rich beyond our wildest dreams. Yep. And and yet he longs to be on Oprah. Even I mean, like what what possible yeah. reason could he have? Because he wants to be the number one guru in the yeah. world. <laughs> so okay, and I, and who can't relate? You know, to that? something we all can relate to. <laughs> who can't relate to being incredibly wealthy, but being less famous than one other guy in your field, and thinking I want to be famous more than that guy? I mean, yeah, we can all relate to that. He's wealthy. He's surrounded yeah. by beautiful women. He was adoring followers. Belt. Yeah, he has thousands of adoring followers. Hangs out with with celebrities. Lives in a lavish palace in Hol- uh, in the Hollywood Hills. Yeah. What's not to relate to, Steve? Yeah, who who can't see themselves in this character he, and his he, yearning and his yeah. struggle? He has this one thing that he wants. And, <laughs> and he can't have it! <laughs> you know, it's drama! Uh, yeah, so, and, so there's that. It doesn't work for that reason. And it's not funny enough to work in spite of that. Because, like, a comedy doesn't need to have character development or compelling plots necessarily it's nice if it does uh, but you know like a movie like airplane 
we're not all that invested in whether, you know, Julie Haggerty and Ted, uh, what's his name, get together at the end. No. You know, but because it doesn't matter because the movie's funny. It works on the laugh. Yeah, and that one has tons of old jokes in it, doesn't it, Yeah, and it knows exactly how to use them. Uh Uh-huh. It knows exactly how to use them and to present them so that that even the fact that they're not funny makes them funny. Uh Uh-huh. Whereas in this movie, it's just... You know, well, that 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 dovetails into the next thing I was going to say, which is there are certain bits in the movie that are potentially funny that could have been funny in different hands or if they had been handled in a different way, like the guard rooster. Like, it's kind Mm -hmm. of funny. Like, the guy, he has Jacques Lecoq. You know, he has, like, his his icon is, like, the rooster. He has a big rooster silhouette on his gate. He, instead of a guard dog, he has a guard rooster. That could maybe be funny in a different movie. But it's just totally smothered by Mike Myers doing his Mike Myers shit. Yeah, you know, and the same thing with his with with uh, uh, Jean Lecoq's enormous penis. There's there's a bit where when he first shows up at his house and he's wearing like the speedo and you can see the the comically large penis that he's got hanging down like halfway to his knees. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, when it's kept in the background and it's not commented on, it's kind of a funny visual. But as soon as Pitka gets in the room, he zeroes in on it and you like zoom in on it and he starts all this clowning shit like, oh my God! And it totally kills it. It absolutely yeah. murders any chance that, that had of being funny. Um, and it does that repeatedly. There are so many jokes that are just hammered into the ground where if they had just been let to stand, they might have been kind of funny. Um, and they're just murdered. They're just murdered over and over again. Uh, the cast on paper is great. Stephen Colbert, we mentioned, Jim Gaffigan, uh, John Oliver, Ben Kingsley, uh-huh. Justin Timberlake, Telma Hopkins, who has been in so many awful things throughout her career, but has always been better than the material. You always wonder, like, why can't she do something good? Yeah. <laughs> like, she she's good. Out. She's good. Why can't she be in something good? And they're all just utterly wasted. Um, there are so many mean-spirited jokes at the expense of Vern Troyer's size. I don't understand. Like, the, the, the joke but it's is... Okay because Vern Troyer's there, right? Yeah, I know, but it's like the only joke that they tell about him over and over is, ha ha, look how small he is. And it just starts to seem mean after a while. It's like... Oh, um, not seem mean. It is mean. It's mean, yeah. And and also the, the jokes at the expense of the Hindi language and Indian culture, which seem racist or at, at best racially insensitive. Yeah. Uh, there, there's also a racist joke about African Americans at the beginning when they call uh, Roanoke the Tiger Woods of ice hockey. And then they show uh, young black men playing hockey in an urban basketball court. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, that's that's funny. That's great. That's, <laughs> so we're not just going to be racist against Indian people. We'll be racist against black people, too. Uh-huh. Um, and I will say there are I, I will I will buck critical consensus and say there are a few funny bits in the movie. Um, the running gag of the the Maple Leafs and L.A. Kings logos Killing, killing each, each other, other. Yeah. that was funny. That made me laugh. There was one where where the the Maple Leafs logo died, and then little logos came out and cried like they were his children. <laughs> that was funny. Um, uh-huh. But other than that, you know I why mean, it was there, funny? Why? <laughs> no one fucking explained it. Yeah, nobody exactly. It was just allowed to just exist. Um, so yeah, it's it's not funny enough to work as a comedy. It's not compelling enough to work 
as a story. It's nowhere. It's it's not even interested in being a satire of self help gurus or Deepak Chopra. It's a celebration of Deepak Chopra. It presents him in a completely positive light. Has oh, yeah. nothing critical to say about him or about what he does. It's not making fun of. I mean, Pitka is presented as like a fool, as like a clownish character, but it never has anything critical to say about his whole deal, about the or whole self help. Yeah, it has. It, it has no interest in satirizing that at all. It has no teeth whatsoever. Um, so yeah, it's just a really shitty, unfunny movie. Is basically what I'm saying. My turn. Do it. Okay, so this movie is, is an example of what happens when a film burns the audience trust, <laughs> where they have so many lazy, um, obvious jokes, largely to do with shit, piss, cum, balls, sh- poop, buttholes, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> and they think that the audience is going to get those jokes. Because the audience is is going to be populated by mouth-breathing morons who understand <laughs> shit, piss, butts, cum, you know, whatever. Name your body fluid that's in this movie, okay? Oh, boy. And when they're not doing one of those jokes, the jokes they do have, they have to explain. They explain those jokes. Because you're stupid. <laughs> it's one of the things you have to do, be able to do as a comedian and as a comedic writer, is you have to be able to write a joke and be confident that someone will laugh at it without you having to explain what the joke was. Explaining a joke kills the joke. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So I agree with Steve. There were a few things in here that should have been funny when I watched them. We mentioned the Stephen Colbert bits. I recognized them as being funny. I recognized that what he was doing was funny. But I wasn't laughing, because at that point, the movie had burned my trust away, and now nothing was funny. Happens in theater all the time. You burn the audience's trust at the very beginning, they won't laugh at a fucking thing you put up from that point forward. Same thing with comedians. Burn your trust by coming out, talking, doing a joke about how you're going to fuck their mothers. They're not going to laugh at another (laughs) fucking thing you have to say for the next 15 to 20 minutes. So don't do it. Right? Absolutely. That's what this movie does. Yeah. You went in and you were expecting to laugh at something, not to be talked down to, and not to have jokes explained to you. And it doesn't help matters much that this seems to be Mike Myers, his his whole ego is completely on display in this film. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, I've made it a plain fact that I don't particularly like Mike Myers, and I don't particularly think that he's he's funny. I think he's had a couple of humorous movies. But in this movie, he is front and center, the lead character, like he is in many of his films. But the main character of Pitka is um, an unfunny, arrogant, self-absorbed asshole? Is that the best I can do it? I mean, he keeps talking about he believes in love and all this other bullshit, but... He all he is seems to do. He's just there so that Mike Myers can laugh at his own jokes and wildly mug. Yeah, right. And do a quote unquote funny voice. Yeah, and and quote unquote do a funny voice. So everything else aside, it fails to do the one thing that a comedy is supposed to do, and that is make people laugh. You know, this movie did the opposite. Instead of <laughs> laughing, it made people angry. Made me angry. It made me real angry. Sixty-two million dollars, really, for this? Where did all that money go, Michael? Where did it go? 
<laughs> right in your pocket? Michael, <laughs> where's the money? <laughs> so, no, I, tasteless humor can be funny when it's handled correctly. Absolutely, right? absolutely. Old jokes can be funny when handled correctly. None of this was handled correctly. No one seemed to know. I mean, it, it's it's baffling to me that this many people sat down with this script, watched the dailies, and still decided to edit it together and put it in theaters in front of people to eat. Unless, yeah. of course, their opinion of the audience is so low that they thought that they would readily accept this. Thankfully, America proved them wrong. Enough people went on the opening weekend and then turned right around and went, nope, 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 nope. And am I saying that there aren't bones here that could have made a really good comedy? No, there are bones here that could have made a great comedy. Mm -hmm. If they were interested in actually making a comedy about self-help people. If they, if, they, if they were interested in doing a really good lampoon or a really good satire of, like, Tony Robbins or Deepak Chopra, this, would have been a, this could have been a really funny movie, maybe even a dark comedy, but they weren't interested in that. Deepak Chopra had to come out smelling clean as a daisy, right? Oh, boy. Yeah, he's like a saint. Yeah, he's, he's Saint Chopra. <laughs> <laughs> they also don't say anything bad about Oprah, do they? Oh, no. Absolutely no, they not. Don't. They don't. Well, they're not suicidal. They're not gonna. <laughs> they're not gonna get on Oprah's bad side. Well, that's the point. A comedy comedies are supposed to punch up. Right. This right. movie punches down. It punches down at things. Punches down at a culture that most Americans don't know much about. So it's perfectly fine to make fun of them, right? Absolutely. Literally punches down at little people. <laughs> Literally in yeah. the film. Yeah. There multiple times. Mm -hmm. See a, a a large person punch a little person right in the face, and that's the problem. Had they punched up and punched up at Deepak Chopra and punched up at Oprah, it would have earned my respect. That's for sure. Would it have been any funnier? I can't. I don't know. I don't know what the point of this movie was, other than for Mike Myers to once again go out of his way to prove just how unfunny he can be. And and um, try to make as much money as Austin Powers, and I think what happened with Austin Powers because I didn't really watch the other movie, Austin Powers movies. I watched the first one, right? Right. And I think what happened with Austin Powers was it was a unique little thing based on something that he watched when he was a kid, you know, mostly in like Flint. He literally yeah. satirized a genre, right? In this one, I, it, he's not satirizing anything. He's not. He's just making a bunch of bad jokes and then explaining them to us, and that's why I'm so angry about the alligator soup joke. <laughs> because when you really, in your opinion of your audience is so low that you have to explain alligator soup and make it snappy, the audience is going to pick up on that, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Even the dumbest one's going to go. I'm not that stupid. I get it. I'm sorry that I'm using a, a southern accent again. <laughs> I guess I've been trying so hard, Steve. You know, it's okay. I mean... It's not okay! Some of the smartest people in the United States have southern accents. That's true. That's true. Would you say Bill Moyers is stupid? <laughs> you go right to Bill Moyers. I'm going right to the top, buddy boy! Now, just a damn minute. <laughs> 
I'm Bill Moyers. Fuck you. I've made many fine documentary films. I'm a journalist and an author. How dare you? <laughs> and an unashamed liberal. And an unashamed liberal. <laughs> fuck you and fuck your mother. <laughs> Goddamn, Bill Moyers. Go straight so, for the in the end, over. what I'm saying is, it takes a lot to make me angry at a movie. Right, Steve? Yes, it does. And I think Steve has noticed at this point that nothing makes me angrier than watching lazy comedy and Mm -hmm. watching comedy done wrong. Because comedy is difficult. It can be. It can be very difficult. What what most people don't say, what what they don't recognize is that comedy is very risky because you take the risk that no one's going to laugh. With comedy, you get an instant feedback as to whether or not something's working because someone immediately will laugh at the funny thing you said. Unlike with drama, where you can't tell. Right. And everyone could be lying to you. No, I felt really... I was very emotionally impactful. It was, it was great. You can't okay. tell that, because there's no requisite sound for emotionally impactful. Right. Right? So, <laughs> comedy is risky. Comedy is hard. And I have respect for those who manage to do comedy well, whether intentionally or by accident. This one tried intentionally to make a comedy and failed so hard that it makes me angry when I see a large movie with a lot of money behind it doing something like this. Because I think it lowers comedy even further than it's already been lowered to this point already. You know, how many comedies have won major awards, right? Yeah. And I think comedies are just as important as dramas. In fact, I think they're more important than dramas because comedies can say things that dramas sometimes can't. And when a bad comedy comes out, I can't help but feel like it lowers comedy down even a little bit further. I know I'm putting a lot on this movie's shoulders. I'm not saying it's personally (laughs) responsible for this, but, you know, comedy is important to me as an art form. And so when I see it being mishandled and fumbled this badly, I get really, really pissed off. More so than when I see bad drama, because that's usually just boring shit. (laughs) Right? Yeah. So, Steve, does uh-huh. it deserve the reputation that it's earned? Oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's thought of as like one of the worst films of the last 25 years, if That's not right. longer. And it definitely deserves that. Yeah, it's terrible. That's right. It deserves it. We're not doing classic, not classic. Classically <laughs> bad, maybe. Yeah, but you can figure it out after listening to this. If you think that you're not sure whether we'll say classic or not classic. That's right, and I'm going to say the same thing that I said to Shrek. Fuck you, love guru. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Steve, come on. We got to get clean. We got to get clean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's restore our faith in in film a little bit. Okay. Please recommend something that you would like people to see. I will. You know, this was kind of tough because I thought, what the hell do I recommend (laughs) after this movie? Um, (laughs) And I I figured, well, shit, I'll just recommend a good hockey movie because there have been one or two or maybe one. Oh yeah, there um, have. And uh so I'm going to recommend what is probably thought of by most people as the best hockey movie or, or at least you one of the best. You better be saying what I think you're saying. I'm going to recommend Cuz I fucking love this movie. <laughs> I'm going to recommend a movie from the 1970s. Oh thank God, I thought you were going to say The Mighty Ducks for a second. No, I would never do that to you. You would just hear my feet walking off. <laughs> the Oh no, no, no. No Emilio Estevez movies on this podcast, no sir. <laughs> uh, no, I'm gonna. I'm recommending Slapshot, obviously, uh, directed by George Roy Hill, starring Paul Newman in one of his what what surprisingly turned out to be one of his defining roles. Uh, you look back at Paul Newman's career, and you look at you know all the movie star movies he did, but when you yeah. think about it, Slapshot is one of his 
career-defining roles, and he's really great in this movie. Um, and it's the story of a minor league hockey team that is really struggling, so they decide to try and boost their box office success by playing super violent hockey. Uh-huh. And to become an attraction, <laughs> and um, who do they find to help do that? Uh, they, they well, they have a, a couple of brothers on the uh-huh. team, the, the Hanson brothers, <laughs> the Hanson brothers, who, who are probably the, the certainly the most iconic hockey players uh, ever in a movie. Uh-huh. Um, and it's just, it's a really funny movie. It's a really terrific movie. In addition to Newman and uh, the Hansons, there's, I mean, M. Emmett Walsh is in it, oh. and uh, Swoozy Kurtz is in it. And uh, Michael Ontkeen, who would go on to play uh, Sheriff uh, Truman in uh, Twin Peaks, uh, is in it. So it's just it's a really fun movie, and it's a it's it's a, a funny comedy that actually works on that level. And it also tells a good story, and it just basically does everything that uh, the Love Guru completely fails to do. And it has much better hockey playing in it as well, uh, because a lot of the extras were actual hockey players. So mm-hmm. uh, there you go. That's my recommendation. If you want to wash the bad taste of the Love Guru out of your mouth, and you want to think, you know and what, out I'm, of your crevices, and out of your crevices, <laughs> and you want to be reminded that actually, you know, whether you're a hockey fan or not hockey could be the subject of a good movie oh check yeah. out check out Slapshot. that's what i'm saying yay well as you guys know i like to recommend a movie from the same year that the one that we just reviewed and so i wanted to recommend another comedy but i didn't want to recommend something that we would wind up you know reviewing out down the line and so i found a tiny little comedy that came out in 2008 that stars jack black and moss def and it's called be kind rewind oh yeah now, I know that this wasn't everybody's cup of tea, and, I'm, and I don't think that this movie could be made now thanks to copyright infringement and God knows what else would come down onto its neck at this point, <laughs> which was one of, the plot, one of the plot points of the movie. Um, but it's basically about this little, the last VHS rental shop in, in, in uh, I think it's New York, and all the tapes get rewound through to comedy hijinks. And um, they start what they call sweeting movies, which is basically making movies with found materials for people to watch. And it right. becomes popular, and um, people get really into it. It becomes kind of a community thing. It's a funny, and I, I have to say this, sweet comedy Yeah. Um, that obviously loves films. And um, it kind of explores the relationships between the audience and, and the film itself. And also kind of explores the relationship between um, movie companies and the movie business and the separation between the movie business and the audience as well. It has a lot to say. And it's still funny and sweet. It was uh, directed by Michelle Gondry. Mm-hmm. And uh, you guys should go check it out. It's not going to become a classic anytime soon. But it did kind of inspire some people on YouTube to kind of start sweeting their own movies. Not necessarily basing them on existing ones, you know. But I mean, some of the movies that they sweet are like Ghostbusters and yeah. RoboCop, and you know they do they do all. It's 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 boy, it's what I need after watching this piece of shit. <laughs> Something funny and earnest, and yeah, yeah, and small, yeah, yeah. You know, something that used every dime it had on the production. Don't know where most of the money went on the Love Guru, do we, Steve? Yeah, I think it went somewhere up north of the border <laughs> to the Myers compound. All right, that's it. Hey, we got to do this again. Oh, we do? Yeah, we do. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we do.
This you is know, an open-ended we, series. That's right. It has no ending. <laughs> there's, there's no, no natural. End there's no natural endpoint to this. This is our purgatory, Steve. <laughs> <sighs> oh, and speaking of purgatory, there's a movie that we're going to review next time around. Oh boy. Hey, Steve. You know what I was thinking? Well, what were you thinking, my friend? We haven't heard enough yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You're really you're really thinking that? Okay. okay. No, not really. Let's I go don't... with that. Okay, so I was the tooling around, and then my wife suggested a movie to me, right? She did. And at first I rejected it out of hand. I was like, no, that's stupid. Why would... And then I started thinking about it. And then and then that realization turned into dread. And then that dread turned in into committal, because I realized that it was something that we would have to do, Steve. We have to do it. A grim sense of inevitability that's settled right. over you. That's right. You want to know why we'd have to do this movie? Because it is a classic, Right. Because people have referenced it as jokes and everything else. Everyone seems to know this movie. Right, Steve? Oh, yes. You can use it as a joke and people will get it, kind of. And I'm not really certain how much of the population that knows about and references this film have actually seen it. Because it's bad. (laughs) (laughs) But we're gonna. (sighs) We're gonna, Steve. We're gonna watch it. There we are. Yeah, we so are. The movie I'm going to be asking all of you to go out and watch before the next review so you can get all the jokes. I know you've been burned. I know. Come on. All right, listen. Guys, I know you were burned last time, okay? We're sorry. It. But maybe this one will be so bad it's good and it'll be funny and you'll laugh at it. Or it'll just be a long two-hour boring film. And you'll hate us more than you already do. But I'm willing to taste that risk because we have a job to do on this show. Goddamn right. right. Yes. There okay. are certain things more important than living your best life or making mm-hmm. the most of every moment you have on this earth or and spending s- time with your family. Yeah. And Steve, you know what? This movie that we're going to watch yeah. next, it's a musical. Oh, boy. My favorite genre. Your favorite. But it's got Gene Kelly in it. Oh, he's good. He's good. We like yeah, Gene Kelly. We do. In his last film perf- uh, appearance. Oh. Oh, good. Yeah. And he's got a co-star that was super hot in the early 80s. Yeah? Yeah. Who? And it wasn't Yoda. <laughs> if it was, then sold. <laughs> I would watch a movie co-starring Gene Kelly and Yoda. No, the super hot talent that's gonna that's co-starred with him uh-huh. is... My brain just... I can't do it. You have to say it. You have to say it. Is Olivia Newton-John? Oh my God! Okay, no, not okay. Greece. That's fine. <laughs> That's this could still be good. No, it's not the return of John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John in Two of a Kind. <laughs> I think I'm the only person that remembers that fucking wow. movie. I what know. about what about their Christmas album that they did? No, they didn't. Yeah, yeah, like what, like ten years ago or some shit. Yeah, they did a Christmas How, album. Why did they do that? They, I guess, maybe they needed the money. Do you think there's enough people out there that still have pictures of Olivia Newton-John uh, and John Travolta up on their wall? All I know is John Travolta must have the worst accountant in the world. They're, they're sitting that... there going, one day John Travolta will realize he doesn't like men and marry Olivia Newton-John. <laughs> I'm just waiting for that day. <laughs> the movie that we're asking you to watch next time is a little movie called <sighs> Xanadu. Uh, yep. Am I trying to kill them at this point? Is that what I'm doing? We survived. They survived. That's right. right. It makes you stronger. Whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. That's right. We're turning you into cynics. Like yeah. Us. <laughs> any any landing you can walk away from is a good one. We want it to the point that when you look in the mirror, all you hear is, 
That's it. <laughs> a screaming void. Just yeah, and you're and 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 that you're you're not afraid of it. Yeah, you're not afraid of it. You've accepted what you've, you've accepted become. it. You can face it with 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 grim determination. <sighs> nothing can okay. nothing can touch you. Nothing can hurt you. So, for late seating, this has been Jason Harding, and go see a movie next week. And this has been Steve Shives. Let's make like a baby and head out. That's not in the movie, is it? Yes, it is. Oh, yes, it is. Is that a joke? I think it's supposed to be a joke. How is that a joke? Let's make like a baby and head out. Because a baby is when that a, a Biff Tannerism? When a baby is born, it comes head first. It's head out. Unless it's a breach, then it comes out feet first. Yeah, That's but nobody dangerous. nobody cares about breach. Births. Unless it's a C-section, and then they just kind of lift the baby out, right? I think you're overthinking it. See, this in is fact, a more joke. More C-sections when... are performed in this country than natural births. I think that's a real thing. This is a joke, maybe that he should have explained. <laughs> Because when a baby is born, it comes out head first. What was that? What was that? It's my Guru Pitka voice. (laughs) It is very I'm glad you're doing it so bad that no one's going to get upset that you're doing doing that accent. (laughs) It's so far off that nobody's even going to be bothered by getting upset. I'm insulted by your strange Martian voice. We don't talk that way, asshole. I'm sorry. I'm writing a letter right now to me. Dear Jason... (laughs) I was listening to Late Seating. I hope you feel better. Also, Steve is an insensitive jerk to Martians. <laughs> an insensitive jerk to Martians. You know what? Fuck Martians. I don't care. I know there oh, maybe God. are a few good ones. But I'm <laughs> maybe always, a few good ones. I'm always the first to say there are a few good ones, but... Look, overall, I'm okay no with good. Martians Martians washing my car or maybe serving me at McDonald's, but I don't want one marrying my daughter. I remember what they did to New Jersey. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Fucking Martians. Coming in here, taking our jobs. That's right, with their big-ass tripod spaceships. You know what they should do, George? They should build a wall uh, around the Earth. Space wall, that's what you need. Big-ass wall all the way around the Earth. That's right. I don't care what they say about us needing light from the sun to live. I think that's all ah. left. That's a conspiracy theory from China. You make the wall out of glass. Oh, yeah. Sunlight comes through, keeps the air in. The air. Who knows how much air we're losing going out in space? That's right. We just leave the windows open all the time. Keep the air. Come on. Won't need air conditioning no more. Keep the air all in. Yeah, anyway. No, they were doing fine, and then they went on this really weird Martian metaphor about immigration. And <laughs> I'm not even sure what they were trying to make fun of by the end. Giant glass wall around the earth, and I don't think there's enough sand to make that much glass. But, uh... <laughs> We're gonna deplete all the deserts and beaches to make the glass. It'll be worth We're it. We're gonna invade the following countries. Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> we need your sand. No, we're not here for the oil. Keep the fucking oil. We need the sand. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Projector turns on. <laughs> fucking car alarm goes off out my window. Oh my god. God damn it. You and... Your whole town is unprofessional. When the fuck steals cars out in the middle of buttfuck nowhere, Maryland? It's probably... It, it's it's someone in line to get ice cream across the street. You know what it is? It's... It, how do you have an ice cream shop across the it's street? It's right across the street. Are they any good? 
it's, it's pretty good. Actually, you know what? I haven't set foot in there in about five years. <laughs> oh my god, come on. You know, it's just a car that wants attention. It is. If somebody parked their fucking Volkswagen, like, to get ice cream, and they thought, better set the alarm in case somebody tries to steal my fucking Volkswagen. <laughs> in, in case black youths from Baltimore yeah, are in town. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They come for the ice cream, and then they just stick around. <laughs> I know what they're up to. You live in a fairly small town. Everyone in town has to know by now that this car is alarming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a bat? You know, you know. The funny part is, is that when it stops, part of me is going to miss it. This is. <laughs> it's not. We have to. We have to go. You want to just keep go. going? How loud, with is, how loud is it on your end? I can hear it pretty loud, and I can tell that it's coming through on my microphone. Like, okay, I can hear it over my headphones. Yeah. Come on. It literally started when we stopped crying. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We were. We were. Maybe if we cry again, it'll stop. It's it's activated by our by our pain. Oh no, someone is sad. I know what'll cheer them up. An irritating repetitive noise. <laughs> God damn it. <coughs> it's kinda of soothing. <laughs> Can't wait for it to go off at three o'clock in the morning, that'd be great. Yeah, really. Hey, could you Who in the hell abandoned their car and walked away? So far that they can't hear the alarm going off. And, I mean, there's there's nothing else to do on this street. Oh, it stopped. It stopped. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. The old man finally walked out. Well, I'm not getting out of line. <laughs> I'm getting my ice cream. He was so deaf. He's looking at it through the window going, Why are the lights going on and off in my car? <laughs> oh, shoot. All right. Okay, here we go. You ready? You ready. Late Seating is a Let Me Listen podcast production featuring Steve Shives and Jason Harding. Produced by Jason Harding. Theme music, Rollin' at Five, composed and performed by Kevin McLeod. You can find more Let Me Listen podcast productions at our website at www.letmelistenpodcast.com. You can also find us on Stitcher, iTunes, or just about anywhere you download podcasts. Late Seating is a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to support Late Seating or any of the other Lemmy Listen productions for as little as $1 a month, please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash Listen. And thanks for listening.